Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody to the hockey think tank podcast brought to you by the hockey think tank.com a website for all players parents and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet what an episode we have for you guys here today we are bringing on current montreal canadians defenseman chris weidman Onto the podcast and Wides is from St. Louis, actually trains with the one Jehu Lavecchio down there has for a couple years. And I got the chance when I was a graduate assistant coach at Miami of Ohio to coach Wides during his junior year. So both know him fairly well. And uh, what a story this guy's had. Grew up in St. Louis, played his college hockey at Miami of Ohio. Uh, and then he's gone on to have an unbelievable career. He's played 280 AHL games played 245 games in the NHL one year in the KHL for over 500 games professionally. And uh, man, this guy, I don't know if I've ever coached or played with a defenseman that had the puck poise that Chris Weidman has just unbelievable poise with the puck and see the ice so incredibly well. And this was such an unreal conversation. Like I think this one was one of our best uh, before we do get over to wides though, let's bring on another guy who's one of the best in a one Jeffrey Lavecchio with his GMBM hat on and his first form shirt on. This guy is a walking billboard. <laughs> Vex, what's going on today, man? You know, hot guys do hot guy things, Toph, <laughs> right? That's that's my next shirt for uh, GMBM. What's Jeez. up? What's up? <laughs> no, I'm doing well, man. I, I apologize to the listeners. My voice is starting to go end of the summer here coming and uh, doing a lot of yelling. So I apologize. Might get a couple of uh, puberty cracks there. My bad. I apologize, but things are going well. Um, you know, summer training's crushing it. Wanted to have wides on for a while. It's really exciting that we can find a time to get them on here. Um, and it I've was awesome. Him, dude, it was, this is one of our best podcasts. I mean, to have a guy who's an actual current NHL player actually like talk to us and give us like, you know, some, some really insightful and really emotional answers too. It was, it was really cool. And, and I've known Chris since he was a little kid, you know, like I, I mean, he's not that much younger than me He's a 32. I'm going to be 37 here. So, you know, five years, but I'd come back and skate with the younger guys, try and teach them all the stuff I was learning at the higher levels, whatever. And from the get go, I remember wides because of his poise, like you talked about in the beginning, like that guy has the patience of, some kind of animal that has a lot of patience. I don't know, <laughs> you know, what animals known for patience, but that's what he is. It's called a dolphin. <laughs> All right, I guess. I so. like, yeah. Smart, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You know, the dolphin. <laughs> Does he know him? Yeah, exactly. Call you at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude. Even when he was a little kid, man, he had such puck poise. He'd make me look stupid on the ice, and I'm like, dude, I'm so much older than you. 
you're killing me here. <laughs> yeah, this this was a really, really cool conversation. Another really cool conversation that we had. And we've already been getting a lot of feedback. And this is something that we re-released last week. Uh, every now and again, we'll try and re-release some of our most impactful episodes just because they're so far back um, that we want to kind of get them out there in the sphere again. And that was the episode that we had with our moms. And uh, like our moms, if you're a hockey parent, like they're unbelievable. They're two of the best. And just some of the stories that they told, um, and again, going back again and listening to it again, just so many nuggets out there for all hockey parents, just on like how to help your kid go through tough times and, and, you know, how to go about when your kid is having a tough time with the coach and, and what to do in those situations, how to create a really good parent culture. Like my mom and your mom were both like, I don't know if your mom was a manager, but she was always like a leader in the parent yep. group and just how to create that parent culture. And then that story, if, if you've listened to the episode, the story that you have, about answering your phone. Hello, this is the real Vecchio's residence. How may I help you? <laughs> Just unbelievable, right? So uh, we are very, very grateful. We have two of the best moms in the world. And if you haven't checked out that episode, you need to go listen to it because it was uh, it was a really fun one for us. And I think there's a lot of really valuable stuff out of it too. For sure. And it, it's, it, you know, it's like we talked about with wives, you know, wisdom is wasted on the, on, on the old. It's, it's really good. I think for younger hockey parents to hear from parents who've already been through it, especially, especially ones who've, you know, had players play a long time. Like we did, you know, we didn't stop and go through school. a lot of, sh- a lot yeah, both of us went through some hard times. And yeah. so, um, you know, and there's going to be different challenges for your player, no matter how good they are or how bad they are. That does not matter. There's going to be a ton of challenges personally, you know, probably conflict with teammates or stuff like that. And the really great teaching moments for the rest of their life. And, you know, I think that if, if, you know, we've seen a lot of hockey players, a lot of hockey families, the, the parents who, you know, do it right. And, and, you know, use hockey as a vehicle to teach them how to be good people and and citizens and all that type of stuff like you see those kids grow up and they're all good head on their shoulders and you see the ones whose parents always stepped in for them or blamed everything on everyone else and never made the kid take responsibility or anything like that you see difference you see a difference in those two types of kids growing up <laughs> well, speaking of being a parent, today is a pretty special day. We are recording this on Wednesday night, July 20th. It is my baby's first birthday today. Yeah. Time flies. Little Celia Louise is a one wow. year old. And it's just, uh, wow, it's it's absolutely crazy. And uh, we will not be having any more kids. I have taken care of that. If you know what I mean, <laughs> it's three in, in the gym. Three, yeah, three's enough. It felt like that for a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, my babies, it's just like such a good reminder to like live in the present because it goes by so freaking fast. Like I can remember, it seems like she was born yesterday. You know, we had just moved to Chicago. We were new. We had family around. We were in a rental house. Life was a little chaotic as I was starting a new job and, and we were moving and I was seven months pregnant and Celia blessed us a little bit early. I think she was three, four weeks early um, when, when she came out and it's just, uh, yeah, you got to remember to really, really, really focus on and enjoy the present because it does go by quickly. It's wild, man. 
That is so wild. The last like three years of the world, like just are all jumbled together for me with COVID. I'm like, wait, was that during the COVID year? Was that the year yeah. right before? Was that the right year where it was kind of out of it, but we weren't? I don't know. It's <laughs> wild. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I do want to say thank you to so many people. So I, I mentioned this on a, I think it was a podcast a couple ago because we did the moms one last week and we didn't do an intro on that one, but we had our charity hockey game at Cornell. Uh, this weekend. And so drove out with my brother, Jake, 11 hours out and 11 hours back because flights were way too expensive at this point. So the body's still a little stiff. I'm going to have to do some, some more yoga and stretching here. Uh, but just so thankful and grateful to everybody that helped us out with this event. And for those of you that don't know, this is an event called Racker Rivals Big Red, and it benefits Racker, which is a um, a school that benefits or a school that provides services with families and for kids with special needs. And so, um, you know, being in the special needs community myself for a long time, uh, it's a, it's a game that has just done so much good. And this year we raised over $140,000 for the school. And in our nine years, this was the ninth year that we've done it. We just surpassed over a million dollars raised in doing this event for the school. And so I, I know just from, you know, we do our little fundraising stuff. It's actually pretty fun. Every play, player that plays in the game gets their own fundraising page. And I had quite a few people that listened to the podcast that donated to my page with a little note, like, thanks for everything you do on the podcast. And, and so we really appreciate that. I really appreciate it. Again, Vex and I say it all the time. We continue to grind this out and continue to do this and try to bring on as best a guess as we can, like why it's for, for, for you guys. I mean, selfishly for us, we learn a lot from these people as well, but um, you know, we feel like continuing to do this to, to continue to add a little positivity to the hockey world. And sometimes in the hockey world, it's tough to find some positivity, especially in the youth hockey world. So um, I, I just really appreciate all the support that we got for the event. And uh, again, over a million dollars raised in nine years, uh, having people in my family with special needs, you understand how essential these services are for not just the kids, but for the support that it provides for the families as well. And, uh, you know, with COVID and, and it, there's just so many budgets being cut in the government and stuff and money's a little bit harder to come by. And sometimes these types of, of places are the ones that get cut when it comes to budgetary stuff. And so this money is more important than ever. And all, every dollar that we raise goes to early childhood education and having three kids, five years old and under right now, you understand also how important early childhood education is. So uh, just very, again, like I said, very, very thankful and grateful to everybody that supported us with this event. And uh, it just continues to be a huge success. And if so many people to thank for that so cool man congratulations that's absolutely beautiful love it thank you thank you appreciate that dude gmbm let's go yeah, um, <laughs> all right so um what we want to do right now is we want to read a review that we've gotten from somebody in the world that has listened to our podcast and enjoys some of the stuff that we've done. And we try to do this every week. Sometimes we forget just based on getting through it and we apologize for that, but want to read a review. And again, these ratings and reviews that you can give to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, they mean a lot uh, for us. And it just helps us to spread the word uh, with every review and with every rating that we get. It just helps to legitimize our podcast. So when people who are looking for hot, Hockey podcasts are out there and type hockey in the search bar. Ours might come up a little bit 
higher than, than it would have, or they, they get to our podcast and they see that so many people have reviewed or rated and they say, Oh, maybe this is one that, that seems pretty cool. I'll, I'll give it a shot. And that's one of the cool things about our pod is we've, I mean, from the feedback, we've had so many people be like, Hey, I just kind of, somebody told me to get on your pod. And now I, I, I like, I have to go back 200 episodes to, uh, you know, <laughs> to, best. yeah. Right. And because we, we love it. And so uh, we appreciate that. So we want to recognize people who go out of their way to, to help support us from that. So uh, this review is from Hockey Mom 91. And with us reading this review, Hockey Mom 91, whoever you are, uh, you can DM Jeff on Instagram and Vex will give you a free hip mobility workout on Train Heroic, which is one of our sponsors. Awesome, awesome app on your phone. And uh, so Hockey Mom 91 says from the interview with Army coach Brian Riley to the interview episode and or to the adversity episode and then rounding it out with coach bar from you of Maine, always great info and things that help the players and the parents. Uh, so we really, really appreciate that feedback. And uh, again, uh, we want to get better too. So anything you can give us that can help us to get better. If you have guests that you want us to get on, you know, some of our guests are from literally our listeners being like, Hey, I know this sports psychologist or, Hey, I know this coach or, Hey, I know somebody, I think it would be a great guest and we don't get to all of them. Um, but we certainly try and, uh, we've gotten some unbelievable guests just through that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hockey mom 91. And now we would like to thank our sponsors, Jeff, you want to go with gel sticks and train heroic. You want to get her going here? It's hard with my voice right now, but I'll do it anyways. I'll battle through it for you, the listeners. We want to thank gel sticks, G E L S T X.com. Go to gel sticks.com. G E L stx.com for all your weighted training aid needs they got golf clubs they've got hockey sticks they've got lacrosse sticks all of them have really cool technology that i can't even you know use those big words but trust me (laughs) it works i use the sticks in the gym all the time for tons of different reasons the boys use them on the ice oh you know what actually wides when he won khld men of the year gel sticks sent him a stick before the season and he warmed up with it every game he said the team knew that they had to pack his gel stick really and, yeah he won demon he said he warmed up with it before every game i swear to god not one word of a lie he wow. loves that thing won't play without it um so anyways we get a discount with them because you guys are awesome and they're great people over there our discount is one word think tank coupon code think tank one word at gelstx.com thank you guys we also want to thank train heroic it's the really badass app that all of my training is on i train ncaa d1 teams not a big deal junior organizations youth organizations pro players all the way down to little kids uh if anybody's looking for in-season training for their organization or their team please hit me up for a very affordable fee which is the reason i started doing that you can get actual legitimate training that will help your players not only stay strong but get stronger throughout the season so anybody looking for that or individual programs let me know i have off-season training on there as well as programs for uh non-athletes uh, and retired athletes. And you can train with me every day and get yoked. Like I am. Thank you. Train heroic. <laughs> and I also want to thank cured nutrition, by the way, too, dude, have you tried CBD by the way? I have not. No. Okay. I'm going to send you some seriously. That yeah. just made me think of I'm looking at a yeah, box. Yeah. Right I, I, you know, it's funny you say that. So M and I, so this has been over a year ago now because Celia is one, but we went up to Kohler, Wisconsin, uh, to this like little resort up there. Um, and we got mis- like couples massages. Yeah. And this, this was, I think she was like seven months pregnant at the, at the time. And so she got me a CBD infused massage where yeah. they were using like CBD the oils. CBD oil, yeah. 
dude. Like I haven't gotten many massages. I've gotten a few, maybe like five to 10 in my life or something like that. Wow. And is that a lot or not a lot? No, that's none. Get on it, dude. Self-care Sunday. What's up? <laughs> okay. Um, but so they did a CBD infused massage. So they're using a CBD oil or whatever. And yeah. like, honestly, at the end of that massage, I mean, I was in la la land. Yeah. I, I felt so good. Like, like, and I'm a tight, I'm tightly wound. Like my, yeah, yes, just the way are. that I am built is not tight necessarily a flexible. <laughs> It's not that the most you. flexible in the world. And, um, and like, I walked out of there like, Oh my God, this must be what it feels like to be like high or something like that. Yeah. It was just yeah, like, it's so relaxing, so relaxing. And yeah, it was just like, it was awesome. So yeah. I mean, if that's, if that yeah, helps, I mean, you definitely don't get high. There's zero THC in it. <laughs> I like, know, but that's, but it, that's what, like how a, I felt. I felt like I had yeah, not had care, a care in the world relaxed, and my muscles yeah. were so relaxed and like, it was yeah, unbelievable. Man. Yes. They have, they have cured has balms that I, that they've sent me that I use uh, on days when I'm sore. My mom has used it on her joints. Uh, my mom takes it <clears throat> every single day. Uncle Tim takes it from cured nutrition. Uh, I'm going to send you the raw CBN. That's the one you can take before bed. Um, and it just helps you just to relax. And, and there's also, I take CBD in the morning. That's a morning one. I also take one at night. I take it twice a day and it's been a game changer. And I honestly feel like my brain functions like faster, more efficiently. Really? Yeah. When I take it and, and I, I don't really feel like I notice it when I take it, but let's say like I go through a bottle too quick or something. And then I have to wait a week till I, you know, I order and it comes, I'm like, wow, like I am not functioning on all, all the cylinders. It's really cool. And I've been on it for, since I retired or my last year pro. So like, I don't know, I've been using it for like five years, I guess. And anyways, I uh, just want to thank Cured Nutrition and I have a discount code for our listeners. Obviously it's GMBM on curednutrition.com. You have any questions, DM me guy with the blue check mark doing hot guy things. <laughs> well, here is not the hot guy without a blue chat mark to talk about ice hockey uh, systems. You are, first of all, no <laughs> negative self talk. You are hot. Okay. Okay. I am hot. Thank you. I am strong. I am kind. That's <laughs> <laughs> so we we actually have our kids say that before bed. I'm love strong. That, dude. Yep. I am kind. I am an includer and I love myself. Wow. So, yeah. We, Every Very night. Cool. It's the special phrase. And it. so uh, I want to thank icehockeysystems.com. A uh, special one here this week, Chris Howard, who uh, is one of the guys that founded icehockeysystems.com. They sponsored and he actually played in our charity hockey game. So he's based out of Buffalo. So he drove the couple hours awesome. down to Ithaca and played in the game. Dude made this unbelievable sick toe drag also at the blue line for a scoring chance. It was it was pretty sweet. And Love like, it. we got a, we got a bit of a crowd there. Right. And so it's uh yeah, there's a little bit of ooze and odds when he did that. And so uh, thanks to Chris and, and those guys, icehockeysystems.com, your premier site for all your coaching and player and parent educational needs. Uh, we have partnered with icehockeysystems.com to do the associations tab where you can get this for every coach and every parent in your organization. The coaches get access to thousands of drills, a drill drawing tool where you can drop all your drills and send it to all your players or all the other coaches within your organizations. You can file all your practice plans and send them to people um, and storm so you can have them for a later date. Very, very cool stuff. Uh, they also have the hockey think tank parent survival guide 
And so you can hand this out to all of your parents within your organization as well, which we all know will help the hockey directors and coaches be able to do the thing that they actually want to do. And that is coach hockey and not have to deal with parents because they know how to approach a coach, when to approach a coach and all that other good type of stuff. So uh, go to icehockeysystems.com, check out the associations tab, and you can get this for everybody within your organization. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners. We love you guys so much. We so appreciate you. And, you guys are going to absolutely love this podcast episode. I honestly think it's one of the best that we've done in the 200 plus episodes that we've had. Uh, so without further ado, here we go with current Montreal Canadiens defenseman, Chris Weidman. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are so excited to have on this episode of the podcast. He's down in St. Louis, Missouri, getting ready to head up to Montreal pretty soon. Chris Weidman, Wides, how are we doing today? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. I am sick excited. Shirt he's got on too. You, you probably don't understand he, that shirt. Tofu, hey, that's he a said, sick shirt. He said you would. He said you would comment on that. And I, <laughs> right, right. Right, right away. So love it. Check, check that off your bingo square. So. Love it for all the yeah, exactly for all of the uh, podcast listeners who cannot see us right now. Wides is wearing a three one four STL shirt. So, uh, you St. Louis boys are proud of your city. That is for sure. Um, but Wides, let's get right into it, man. So you grew up in St. Louis, and uh, you know Vex grew up in St. Louis as well. And and we've had a couple guys come through that area that have gone on to do some pretty special things in the hockey world. And and uh, wanted to ask you first off, St. Louis, how you fell in love with the game? Was it the Blues? Was it watching Jeff Lavecchio play midget hockey? Like <laughs> you know what 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 got you to fall in love with this great game? Uh, no offense, Jeff, but it was definitely, it was definitely the blues. I mean, <laughs> I, my, my parents, uh, were big hockey fans, big blues fans. Um, my mom grew up do, doing a little speed skating so she can skate, uh, dad, not so much. So, um, really learned the game from watching on TV with them. And, and, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to be able to go to some games as a kid and, you know, really just, yeah, learn the game from, from watching the blues and, um, as I got into minor hockey, uh, we were super fortunate in St. Louis to have, uh, former blues players stick around and coach their kids. And, you know, I benefited from that, just being able to play for, for an ex NHL player, basically my entire life in minor hockey. Who was the guy that coached you? Uh, I started with Mike Zook, um, Basil McRae. Rob Ramage, um, Kelly Chase helped out a little bit. Oh, freaking um, lot of them. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm. I know. I'm leaving guys out, and I, you know, Jeff Brown helped. Um, so we had a great crew of um, ex NHL players that were sticking around and and helping with the youth organizations. And and you know, I think Jeff can speak to that. It, it's grown tremendously since we were uh, minor hockey players, and it's awesome to see. So we have a lot of people that listen to this podcast from non-traditional hockey markets. And, and I would say 
St. Louis is a traditional hockey market now, but back in the day when you guys were growing up, it probably wasn't just based on the amount of youth hockey that was going on in those areas. So like for all the kids and all the families that are listening, that might be from some areas that maybe aren't so huge on hockey, but have dreams of playing in the NHL, like where you are right now, what's, what's like one piece of advice that you would give to these kids or families if they have those dreams, if they want to get there? Yeah. I mean, the, the first thing that I'll say is if you're good enough, somebody will find you. It doesn't matter if, if you're playing junior at 16 or if it takes you till 19 to get there, if you're good enough, somebody will find you. And if you keep working on your game, you'll be able to achieve kind of in the, in the trajectory that you want to go. So um, for me, I, I mean, we didn't have a ton of ice in the summer, so we rollerbladed and we played, uh, you know, we stick handled a golf ball in our driveway. Like we were always doing something to work on skills, whether we knew what we were actually doing or not, we had sticks in our hands and we were creative. I have, I have a younger brother who, um, you know, played division one hockey and played pro hockey as well. And, um, you know, we were fortunate to have each other and, and to push each other, but, you know, we loved the game. We, we loved watching. We loved trying to implement things that we saw on TV into our game. And, um, you know, when there's a hunger and, and a work ethic, um, you know, goals are, they're achievable. And you, can see, you can see it. Uh, his brother has some of the best hands I've ever seen too. Like yeah, his yeah. brother like I, is gross. Like my, my brother will come like he's living in Chicago right now. I'm in St. Louis. He's coming in town on Sunday. And like, we've already talked like, Hey, I'm like, Hey man, I need you to run me through like a little stick handling clinic, you know, because he is so uh, technically sound and just like, he'll be like, Hey man, like maybe like a loosen up with your top hand. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't even, you know, like he's just sick and he, he's got, I'm just, I, I have used him more than I could, that I'm ever, you know, I'm, I'm more thankful for him than I'll ever be able to express to him. And, and, um, he's pushed me a lot and helped me a lot. And, and, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a great relationship. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's gotta be really cool to have someone with a similar dream living in the same house as you, you know, it's just like to be able to push and hold accountable and, and you might not even like realize you're doing it at the time, but you're like, just kind of like competing, you know, like for him, he saw you and where you were going. And I'm sure in his head at some point, it was like, I got to get there too, or I got to beat wides, you know? And, and then for you, you see this, this little guy nipping at your heels. You gotta be like, I gotta work a little bit harder. I can't let this kid yeah. catch me. Uh, <laughs> He's, I mean, he, I just remember he was going through his college recruiting process um, really early and he was young and I'm already committed to Miami getting ready to, I think I was getting ready to go for my freshman year. And I'm like, wait a second, why, why are you even looking at other schools? Like, we're going to play together at Miami. Like, what, what are you, you can't go somewhere else. So that was you know, being able to play a year with him at Miami was probably the highlight of my entire hockey career. That was just so special to, to achieve that level together. Um, You know, all the things that we worked on in our driveway as kids and just, you know, to have our parents come to the games and family, like it was just so special and probably, you know, like I said, the highlight of my career. Well, take, take us through that first game real quick. Like the first game you, cause for those of you guys that are listening that haven't played college hockey, like it's like 
there's so much pride. Like I always say, if I could pick any dream job in hockey as a coach, I'd probably want to be a head coach of like a really uh, prideful D one school. There's like, there's nothing like it. It's so cool. And so to put on a college Jersey, it's very meaningful. You feel a lot of pride, especially your first game at home when you're going out in front of those, your, your student section that you're going to classes with. How was that the first game that you guys played together? Was it just electric? I think we were standing next to each other on the blue line and during the national anthem. And we're just like, I think I was probably more emotional than he was. Um, he was probably pretty nervous because I think it was his first college game. Um, I think we ended up both, we ended up both scoring in the game or maybe he scored the first night. I scored the second night. Something there was a really, it was just really cool. And, you know, my parents obviously got to be at the game and uh, my sister and, and, you know, it was just a really special moment for our family. And I think, you know, just a memory that I, I know is really special to me. And I think uh, for him too. I will, uh, I'll try not to take offense to the fact that, uh, you know, your best memory wasn't when we worked together, when I, I coached you the year before that, your brother came in, but I think that'll be okay. We did win a championship together, Wides. I mean, and you, you did win uh, the Hobie Baker for Andy Mealy. <laughs> there is like there is like a little personal coach there it's only because you guys are both only because you guys are both short not like i'm tall but you guys are both short and weird, so. short guys love to make bond. short short guys love to make short jokes on me i'm like the prime target because i'm shorter than every short guy that plays hockey so it's all good that year was unreal though like especially with meals like meals and you were the same way why it's like you guys really took charge of your development. And that's one of the things like I remember even coming and skating with you guys, Vex, you ran a skate or had a skate down in St. Louis um, when I was coaching at Cornell and wides, you were out there. Maroon was out there. A couple other pro guys were out there still skating. Maybe Turnbull, I think might've been out there. And um, like you and meals, both like really kind of took the bull by the horns to make sure you were getting better. Like it wasn't me going up to Andy Mealy saying meals, we have to do this stuff. It was him bringing me and saying, hey, I got, I got to work on this stuff. And then we just kind of developed the relationship and, and kept it going. And I, I remember being on the ice with you at Miami and then specifically in that skate that we were doing in St. Louis, you were like so in control of things like, hey, this is what I need to do to get better here. I need a drill like this to do this. And I think that's just like a really valuable thing to talk about because so many kids, I feel like, and so many players are just like waiting for coaches to tell them what to do. But I think a lot of the best players are really proactive in their development, whether it's watching video or watching NHL games, whether it's seeking out really smart people to get on the ice with them, whatever it may be. So like, is that something that you have ever thought about? Or is that something that you feel like um, really helped you to develop into the player you are today? Just kind of like taking ownership and control of things in your own development. Development? For sure. I, I think I was, I was able, I mean, we had a, we had a grad assistant my freshman year at, at Miami named Brian Bynes. He'd worked previously with the Colorado Avalanche. And I remember early in my freshman year, uh, he asked me, he's like, Hey man, do you want to go to an Avalanche game in Columbus? And I was like, didn't really know the guy that well. I was like, sure, dude, like that sounds cool. So we drove down there and we were kind of talking in the car. He's like, He's like, I think you could be like a, like a good player. And I was like, thanks, man. Like, cool. He's like, no, I think you could be like, like actually like really good. And like, you, you have a, you have a chance. And I was like, cool, man. Thanks. Like, you know, I, I wasn't really thinking of it. And he was like, 
you need to like start like developing yourself, right? Like the coaches are going to run their practice, but you need to start working on your skills. If you want to be a elite college player and, and play pro hockey. And we kind of were talking about it and, and at school, like we were, we were fortunate, like we had a ton of ice time. Right. So I kind of figured like, Hey, I'm five foot nine and a half. I'm probably not going to be like a bruising shutdown defenseman. Like I'm going to be an, a more offensive guy. I was that kind of my whole career leading up to that point. And that's, that's what I am. I realized like, I'm not going to get a ton of shots in practice. Like I'm not going to get a ton of real offensive reps in practice. Just, you know, we're running a lot of system stuff, a lot of battle drills. And so I kind of figured out like, why not get on the ice a half hour early before practice with the goalies and figure out how to score, figure out how to shoot from the point that creates rebounds, figure out how to like shoot hard. That is accurate. Like it, it was kind of this, this, this path that he put me on. And then I just kind of clicked for me. I'm like, wow, this is, I'm getting better. These reps are paying off. And, and I kind of had that as a kid, like, you know, I'd always work on my game, but he was kind of the one that pointed me in the direction. Like, like you have talent, if you hone this in and you work hard, you're going to have an opportunity to play pro. And I was fortunate that, you know, I kind of had that realization early in, in my career in college. And, you know, basically every day for four years, I'd be on the ice a half hour early working on my shot and and I'd be um, one of the last guys off that they'd have to bring the Zamboni out. And, and uh, you know, sometimes I was late for class, but uh, that was the, the risk I was willing to take. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, Vinesy, that's that's a really cool story. Brian Vines, for, for all the listeners out there, he's the head coach at RPI Women's Hockey right now and uh, a really is good guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's coaching oh, Rippy. Man, I, haven't, I haven't talked to him in years. I just... I mean, I, I literally remember we were in like, in his, I don't know even what kind of car it was, little car. And we were driving, like literally like drove, we got back to the campus at like one thirty in the morning. I'll, I'll literally never, it was like kind of like, I mean, everybody goes through life and has aha moments, but that was one for me. I was like, man, I really got to like, I really, like, I really got to do this. That's really cool. I, I think that's a really cool thing to talk about too, because like, I remember when I was a grad assistant at Miami how important my job was. And the reason being is like, as a grad assistant, like you're not in charge of ice time, you know, you're not in charge of any of that stuff. So you can kind of be that guy that players can go to without any like thought of being scared to say what you really mean or say what you really feel. Like I remember a couple of guys coming up to me crying, you know, because of something that was happening or they got scratched or whatever it may be. And, and I think that's really valuable, especially for the younger coaches that are out there. Like you could provide so much value to teams as a younger guy who can maybe relate a little bit more to the players who might not have a say. And if it's pro hockey and contracts or ice time in college, obviously ice time and stuff too. And like, I think people need to relish that role a little bit more because at the end of the day, like coaching is all about people stuff. And if you can find a way to help players with people stuff, and even in the story you told why it's like, that was a seminal moment for you. You're talking on a podcast 10 years later of this graduate assistant coach instilling in you like, Hey, if you got to take ownership of your development. And maybe if a head coach says that you're kind of like, yeah, well, that's what he's supposed to say. <laughs> you know, he's mm -hmm. just trying to motivate me to, to be better or whatever. And so like younger coaches need to really, I think, take that to heart and, and can provide a lot to teams. Seriously. It's, yeah, so, it's so true. It was just, it was just that little. And, and, and to me, like, 
a grad assistant and, and I mean, it's the same stuff you were doing for us, Toe. You're there to be supplemental help, right? Like the coaches, like, you know, Rico and, and Burge and uh, Brex and the guys that were there. I mean, they provided so much for me, for my development as a player, as being a part of a, a, a team and a, and a brotherhood. And it's stuff that it's instilled in me as a player, as a person, as a father, as a husband, like all these great things. But it, I, I, that that little interaction that me and him had for a year, I truly believe was kind of like that little extra percentage that I needed to be the player that I am now. Wow. That's powerful, man. I hope a lot of coaches listen to that. Like Tope said, it's so powerful and, and veteran players. Like I remember anytime a vet said something to me when I was in the American league, like I really listened to it. Like you learn, like maybe not right away, but you know, you definitely learn like these guys like know what they're talking about. Like guys who played pro hockey for a long time. That's the same thing as like this kind of like buddy coach. Like you can learn so much from those guys and probably the same as like a senior in college to a freshman and a veteran in the USHL who's been in the league for two, three years to a, to a rookie. Like, you know, it's, I think it makes you a better player too. When you, when you help guys like that as well. I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, in the role that I'm in and at my age, basically anybody that comes onto our team is direct competition, right? So for me to sit here and turn my back to them and to, you know, offer no advice or a lending hand if, if they're in need, I mean, that does nothing for me. It does nothing for them. It does nothing for our team. There's a better chance that, it's not direct competition and that we're going to end up being D partners at some point. And if I'm not a good guy or a good teammate, I mean, how, how is that relationship going to work? You know? So like, I, I think that's the, the proper approach. And I mean, at the end of the day, like your teammates, right? Like you guys are out there together and, and you know, that's the most important thing. Is there a certain guy that you played with in pro hockey that was that guy for you? Maybe not a defenseman, but just somebody that, because you've had the chance, you know, played over 200 NHL games, 245 to be exact. Like, is there anybody that really sticks out that was a great mentor for you? Um, You know, I think that there's been a ton of guys that have influenced my career in a multitude of different ways. But I think the guy that I really still stay in touch with him and, and kind of keeps me in check is Dion Phaneuf. I mean, he's just, he played a long time. He played a hard game, but it was a job. Like it, it was like, you're going to work. You are so lucky to be uh, a professional hockey player. You're so lucky to be in the NHL. Yes. Have you worked hard to get there? But there's a ton of people that work just as hard, if not harder, that will never have the opportunity because of, you know, a freak accident or, or, or something that is, that has caused them uh, a roadblock and, and you need to appreciate it. And, and you need to um, fulfill your duty by, by working as hard as you possibly can and being prepared. That's so true. That's so true. I mean, as you go through it, like <laughs> there's so much that goes into, and I'm sure every guy that's played in the NHL, aside from maybe Connor McDavid, <laughs> some of those guys can, can trace back a lot of different things throughout their career and things had to go right. You also had to persevere through some tough times. You also had to figure some things out. You had to get some help along the way, like just the journey to getting to where you are. And, and that's not even just the NHL. I mean, 
just junior hockey for some kids or, or college for hockey sure. for some kids, you know, um, that, that, that might be their ceiling based on their talent and stuff. And that's such a great point. Like you have to, at some point, take a step back and just be like, I'm really freaking fortunate to be where I am right now. And some things had to go right. I have some people to thank and I worked really hard, but also some things happened where the stars aligned and like, why not enjoy it? I think there is such a pressure to, to playing at a high level hockey. And that that's sometimes can be the first thing that gets lost in it is just the fact that like, Hey, I play hockey because I love to play hockey. You know? I mean, I, I can, I can sit here and tell you, you know, in, and I'll just go off of things that have happened in my NHL career. I mean, I've been minus four in a conference final playoff game, gotten death threats from fans. I have scored on our own net while on the power play. I mean, I have done a lot of stupid shit that <laughs> is very embarrassing, but at the same time, it's like, how cool is this, man? Like, I scored <laughs> on my own net in the NHL on the power play, and I lived to talk about it. I was minus four in a playoff game that almost cost our team the series and I'm still kicking it. I'm still going like it, it's these little things that, you know, yes, you have to let some of the bad stuff go. You can't get too low. You can't get too high. Um, I think that's probably something I've gotten better at in my, as my career has gone on, but you know, just this, this past season, it was, it was a tough season for our team. I tried to bring the mentality like, Hey guys, we could be working for a living. You know, we could be sitting behind a desk. We could be driving a, a, a cab. We could be working in a factory. Like we are so lucky to be here. Yes. Things aren't going great. Let's make the most of it. Love that. Tof and I talk about perspective on this podcast at least 15 times an episode. And that's exactly what, what you're talking about. And I've even seen like a, uh, a shift in, in, you, I'd say that Chris was always, um, you were able to like put the stress, like, or at least you didn't show that you were ever stressed, like during hockey, like workouts, like he's just like cool. Like he's just like cool, you know, just relaxed kind of guy. But I've seen like a, a shift in noticing, like, I feel like with your journey over the last, let's say like four or five years, just the, the amount of gratitude. And like, you know, I've known you since you were a little kid and like, you, you can see now, like, I feel like you really understand because of all the things you went through and you went over, played in Russia and, you know, you didn't know it was going to be like going over there. You wind up D man of the year. Like, you know, that, that brings so many, so many life skills and, and so much, uh, um, knowledge that you can pass that on to the younger players and be like, Hey, like, you know, like it's, you're not always going to be on a a heater. You're not always going to be, you might get sent down. And I think that's so valuable for younger players. I think the, the, the more that I've, the more that I've gone along in my hockey journey, you know, I've matured as a player for sure, but I've matured as a person. I am, I am happy with the man that I am today the father, the husband. And I think that's really the biggest thing. If you're trying to find consistency as a hockey player, you know, when I was younger, I'm out partying and chasing it and and doing all this stuff. But like, I had a great time, but my career was a lot more volatile than it is right now today. Yes. The past few years I've been through some, you know, interesting times and they were hard. They were hard on me. They were hard on my wife, probably the most, 
you know, hard on us financially and, and things that we had planned. And, but like, that's, you need to go through that stuff to, to really grow as a person and sit back and listen to people and, and, you know, be in situations where you have to think critically. Like it's so much of this stuff has allowed me to have a better perspective on where I am today. And, and I am, I am grateful. I am thankful. And, and, uh, you know, did those years suck? Yeah, they really did. But sitting here today, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I went through it and I'm, and I'm sure as hell glad that they're over. Yeah, I can imagine. So, and I think that's like something we try to stress so much on this podcast facts is like, if you make yourself better as a person, the byproduct of that is you're going to be a better hockey player, you know, and, and why it's like you just saying what you did, you're just living proof of, of that, you know, when you, when you learn some of these life skills through experience and through trials and tribulations and through the ups and the downs and going through all the shit, uh, it does like, it just, it, it makes you a better person, which, which makes you a better player. And, and so I think you're seeing the fruits of that right now, running the Montreal Canadians power play for Marty St. Louis. <laughs> um, and, and your career, like it, it's, it has like, and uh, there's not that many guys like you where they figure it out and, and persevere through that stuff. I would say 95% of people, once the tough shit happens, it's, it's blaming other people <laughs> or it's it quitting because it got too hard or whatever. And, and I think it's just such a testament to your character and in, in sticking through it, going over to Russia to prove yourself again, uh, having that amazing year and getting the opportunity to come back over here. Uh, I just think it's such a testament to like, just, just not giving up, sticking through it and understanding that going through the tough stuff and coming out the other side as a better person is 100% going to make you a better hockey player and help your career down the road. If you stick with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know what your guys' listener demographic is, but I will say this. I 100% have benefited from the support staff that I have with my family and friends. I'd be lying to you if there wasn't times that where I, questioned what I was doing, you know, should I quit? Should I give up? I was encouraged and supported by, you know, friends and family beyond belief. And, and they kind of kept me going. And then also it's like the way that things are kind of trending with society. And, and, you know, if you are willing to kind of just like eat the shit sandwich and keep working, like you're going to, you're going to beat out like 75% of the people right now it's, it's crazy. So like, I think just hard work and, and just finding a good support system really, really will go a long way for, for young hockey players and, and people that are trying to get through their career. We're going to so, have to be, we're going to have to be careful because Wides is going to start hosting our podcast now. Way better <laughs> than us he's, it. He's absolutely <laughs> killing it. So I don't, so I don't, over there. I don't do this kind of stuff because I don't like personally, like, I, I think that I mean, I'm doing this because of how much Jeff has helped me in my career and Toph, we, we work together and I have a lot of respect for you and, and how much you helped our team that year. And, um, but I don't like to do this kind of stuff because it's just, uh, it's, I feel like some people get on here and, and just say a bunch of shit that they don't mean, but like, this is like my life, man. This is hockey has literally given me everything I have in my life and I'm so grateful for it. And I try to, give back as much as I can. I just, you know, I don't, this is, I'm just trying to be genuine, you know, and I don't like to really put myself out there much anymore, but this is it's the truth. Yeah. And, and, and Toph, like 
you know, I've been working, this is summer three with, uh, with Chris, I think three or four, I don't even know. Um, but, uh, the guy comes to work every single day. Like, like it's crazy. And I don't know if he was that way before I trained with him. I know that he always, I know that you always worked hard because I saw you when you were younger and I remember you were really good at Olympic lifts and to get good at those, like it's, it's practice. And so that always stuck out to me. Um, but like, dude, this guy comes every day, every day, like literally everything you're at looking for in a professional, like doesn't matter what they did the night before not that in. So you walk at the gym, it's business. I'm here to get better. And it's so good for my younger pros to see. It's, it's been invaluable for those guys for sure. Well, why it's let's uh, let's talk a little hockey right now too, because I feel like it's, it, it would be really, most people are not blessed with the size that my, uh, my ripped cousin over there is, is right. blessed with. <laughs> most people are a little bit more like, like you and I. And so for you, you know, you're, you're a smaller defenseman that's been able to, to have a career as, as an offensive threat. And so I wanted to ask you, like for the kids out there that maybe don't have the size that play defense, what are a couple things that you think about during the game? What are a couple little habits that you think for any kid that wants to be an offensive defenseman need to have, or need to really think about as they're developing their game and trying to get to the next level? Um, for me, especially once. I got kind of past midget. I, I really had to get creative because players started to get better. They started to need less room to create. And the, the, I don't even know where I picked this up. I, I, I truly forget. But I, before every single game, I know what hand every single player in their team shoots. And I think that knowing that, can allow me to, to keep my angles and create angles where I can give myself an advantage as a smaller player. So if you pick a guy like the big guy in Colorado, Nichushkin, like left-handed player, I if I sit there and arm wrestle with this guy all night, I'll be in the minors. You know, I got to find a way to create some advantage for myself, whether that's, you know, trying to force him to his backhand or, or, or just – I mean, I can't give away all my secrets, but you know, this is just little things like that. Like I, I just, I think that having the most amount of information you can, especially as a smaller player to give yourself any sort of advantage is, uh, is very valuable. And, and, you know, I'm not going to outsmart guys, or sorry, I'm not going to out strength guys. I'm not going to out quickness. A lot of guys, um, it, it, you have to use your brain. And, and I think um, being a hockey fan as a kid, watching hockey, um, watching guys that I wanted to model my game after and, and, and being realistic about it, you know, like I'm probably never going to be Connor McDavid. Well, actually, I know I'm never going to be Connor McDavid, but I can take some things from players that I, you know, that play defense that are right-handed, that are smaller. Like I can watch these guys. I can watch a Jared Spurgeon and maybe try to steal a thing or two from him because he, we're about similar size. And I think he's a fantastic player. I love I dude. I've never heard the, the knowing every hand before a game, like you could ask many player in the league. I think I could just about, wow. That's guess. pretty cool. Totally. I mean, but it's just, it's just like, it's just, I mean, that's, it's honestly, it's all I know. Right. Like that's kind of like, 
what I how long how long have you been doing that like did you do that in juniors or did you pick that up yeah since I was in juniors since they put that like little uh, sheet up on the on the uh, the deal and I I don't know I was probably at some point in my junior career and I maybe picked it up from a teammate or somebody but you know I I just started to really kind of go with that and when I got in college you know at a certain point in my college career I was used in a little bit of a shutdown role where I'd be counted on you know maybe not so much on the penalty kill but you know if the game was tight and you know, now it's, it's not really as much of my role, but, you know, I got to try to keep the puck out of the net. And if that can give me, you know, a couple percentage points of an advantage, then I, I got to try to use it. Well, it does the same way. I can tell I'm not playing in the NHL, but I could still tell you every single player in the NHL and which way they shoot. It was oh, just, I, I don't understand how people don't know that stuff. <laughs> I found the opposite. Like, I, I don't know, but it's, I, mean, I, don't, uh, I don't know that. I don't know the statistics on it, but unless it's Leon Dreisaitl or Patrick Kane, they're probably not going to be able to make a cross, cross eyes saucer pass on their backhand to a guy going back door, <laughs> you know? So like, you just, you, you play the percentages, right? You're like, all right, I'm going to force you to your backhand. If you make a play, well, I'll tip my cap and, Look at my D partner and say, where were you? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Do you have, do you have a D partner? Like, that's another thing I wanted to ask you was like, we've talked to, actually, we talked to Marty St. Louis about this, I believe Vex. And we've tried to, with the, you know, with the higher level thinking players that we've had on here, one of the things we've tried to ask about is chemistry and how to develop chemistry with somebody that you're playing with. Uh, Is that something like who, do you have somebody that you've played with that you feel like you really developed the chemistry with? You kind of, it's a, it's a sixth sense of where you guys are going to be at both offensively and defensively to help each other out. And, and how do you feel like you can build that? Because I don't, I, Vex, I feel like we've talked about that with forwards, but I don't know if we've actually asked that question to a, to a defenseman that we've had on here. So how do you kind of define chemistry and how do you build that with somebody as a D man? Um, I would say I played the, I've played the majority of my NHL games with Mark Borowiecki as my as my D partner he's playing in Nashville now um we'd spend a little bit of time together in the minors and then uh we're both in Ottawa together um you know I think just you know he's a very physical guy so like there'd be times where he'd come over and knock my guy down his guy down me down and the linesman we'd all be like laying in the corner together (laughs) and it was it was interesting but um no, like it is hard to develop chemistry. I think, you know, I've had a ton of partners in the last few years. I think kind of the role that I play, um, I'm kind of a mix and match guy and, and that's fine. You know, you just, I, I think just being a, being consistent yourself so that guys can read off of you is probably the, the most important thing. Like you, you can't be a guy that's just all over the place. Cause when you're playing with new guys, they're not going to know, they're not going to be able to read off of you. So um that's kind of really my focus but you know i, I you do see some of the, the the top pairs i'll just speak for defense and some of the top pairs in the league um you know taves and mccarr like these guys look like they're just having so much fun out there it looks like they were like twins or something you know they just they're they're so in sync and they're so they're both so talented that um you know i i really enjoyed watching those guys play in the cup final that was fun so much fun so much fun. Those guys were so good. I had the game plan against Taves in college. He played at Quinnipiac. Him and Adam Fox at Harvard. <laughs> Two kind of different players, but you watch them both. And you're like, oh my God. 
Yeah, yeah. how are we gonna stop these guys? <laughs> He's good. You're, you're not. We gotta try to out. The only way you can do it is outscore them, <laughs> and that's even harder. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, well, well, wise. Want to ask you too? So you got to spend some time over in the KHL. Um, it, when you went over there, did you see that as kind of a prove it year? Were you going over there not really with any expectations, or were you going over there like you know things aren't going so well for me right now? I got to go over there and prove it, like. I'm going to get back over here. I'm good enough to play in the NHL. What was your mindset in going over there? And what was your experience like over there? Um, so that, that was the first summer that I started training with Jeff and, and we started just kind of, you know, just like, Hey man, like you're, you're going through some stuff. Like, why don't we try to like find some positive in this, right? Like, okay, you're going to have an opportunity to go play in a really good league to this day. It's, the most money I've ever made playing hockey. And, and that's always a plus, but um, I didn't, sorry, my, my pups now trying to get involved, but um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect, man. Like I, 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 I was going over there. Andy Mealy was, it was on the team. He's a college teammate of mine. Um, so I had that familiarity and he had played there uh, previously. So we had spoken highly of the city and, and the coach. But when I got there, in Russia. And I, and I met with the coaching staff. These are three guys that all played in the NHL. And, and these guys basically said like, we want to help you get back to the NHL. And when I heard them say that, I just, I, I literally would wake up every morning and I'm like, everything and every decision I make today will help me get back to the NHL. And that was the mindset that I kept for seven months in Russia. And five of those months, my wife was at home and we would get to catch each other on FaceTime for like 20 minutes a day. Like it was honestly for the first year of marriage, hell. And I feel so bad that I had to put her through that. And I'm so thankful that she supported me, but you know, I, I, I could not be where I am today without her and her support. And then just the, the staff support that I had in Russia, those guys were unbelievable. Isn't that amazing? Like you think about even that conversation you have with, with Vinesy on the way to the Colorado Columbus game. And then you think about that one conversation that you have with the Russian guys and, and both of the crux of those conversations was just somebody believing in you, maybe even a little bit more than you believed in yourself or, or knew what you had inside of you. And, and we've talked about that a few times, Vex, like how powerful is it? Just these little conversations, just these little 10 minute conversations or part of a, a longer conversation, whatever it may be just believing in somebody can go so freaking far and, and you can do this. You can yeah, do this. That's it. You can't, you can't, somebody out there is doing it. So why can't you also do it? You know, it's, it's just so, so important. It's just so good for like, you know, we talk about confidence all the time and, and we talk about it in a way of like, Hey, Hey, you have to earn your confidence, right? You have to earn it through your hard work, which is on hundred percent totally valid. But at the same time, getting, little conversations like that, where somebody says that they believe in you, like how much can that do for your confidence too? <laughs> or shit on the I other mean, side, if somebody goes the other way and then blast you, you could do huge detriments to it too. But just those conversations were like huge moments in your career. It's, it's amazing. For sure. And I, and I think as important as those were the moments and, and Jeff's had me speak to some of his younger guys uh, at times and, and the, the one thing that is for certain is for every good moment there was, there's a moment when you're in your hotel room on the road and you're alone 
or you're on the bus on the way to the airport or on the way to the next city and you doubt yourself. And I, for whatever reason, and maybe it, it's, it's my actual talent, but I believe in myself. And I've always been under the understanding, if you don't believe in yourself, how can you get anybody else to believe in you? And that's kind of the way I've done it my whole career. Like, yeah, there's been teams that I probably was a guy that might not have made it. And I kind of like willed myself on and got to the next level and got to the next level. Like I can honestly say I'm like, I'm like one of maybe 10 average Joes that plays in the NHL. Like I consider myself just like a, I don't have a, any freak physical abilities. I don't have any, you know, my, my dad didn't play a thousand games in the NHL. Like I really, if you think about it, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I shouldn't be here, but I am. I've been very fortunate to have people support me and I've put in some work, but like, if you really think about it, I could just, just as easily be doing something else. That is wild. And so, but, and, and how much does that fuel like everything that you do, like knowing that and, and acknowledging that and not thinking that you're sweeter than you are. I mean, I, I come to the rink every day or come to the gym with you. It's at the rink, but it's like, I, I called my dad, like one of the first training sessions and he's like, how was it? And I was like, man, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm 32. I'm going to the gym. I'm working out. I'm playing pro hockey. Like, like this is, you know, and, and yeah, I, I'm very, very appreciative, very grateful for where I am today. And I fully understand that very, very easily I could be doing something else. And, and does it free your mind up a little bit for sure? And I think I didn't have this maybe five, six years ago. And I'm just glad that I kind of figured it out and I, I got another opportunity to play in the NHL wisdom is wasted on the on, on the old people you know it's like <laughs> i just knew this when i was like 16 <laughs> I, I wish i was 20 sometimes i feel 22 <laughs> i wish i was 22 <laughs> oh man such good stuff wides well uh, before we let you go i have to ask you as uh my idol is now your coach in uh, montreal uh, what is it like playing for Marty St. Louis? And, and we talk about this all the time on the podcast when we had him on, he probably said the line that we have taken and said more than any other line, uh, in, in our entire four years of doing this. And that was, he was just the best at getting better. Uh, that's, that's what he, that's what he was like, kind of like similar to yourself. He's a smaller guy that probably wasn't supposed to make it, had to grind their way to get there. It took him a long time, even though he's a hall of famer, <laughs> took him a long time to get his foot in the door right so um what was it like playing for him when he took over there in montreal and uh, what are some things that you've learned from him as your coach uh well first of all like he he just commands a level of respect that i've almost never seen before like i don't know if you guys watch the nhl draft but like the he kind of gave a speech before and it was like hey congratulations all the players that are gonna get drafted blah 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 you know, and then I think it was at the end, it was like, for those that don't, your journey's not over. Like just, he, he just, when he speaks, it's, it's powerful. People listen because it's genuine and, it, and it's from the heart and it's, and it's from a guy that's been to the top of the mountain. And, you know, when he came in, he called the entire team, the front office staff, the support staff, everybody into the dressing room 
And we've had people in the organization in Montreal that have worked there for 30 plus years. And they left that meeting saying that that was the best speech they had ever heard in hockey. And I can't reveal what was said, but he's just one of those people that, you know, I'm sure there were doubters when, when they, when they hired him and he was coaching, uh, I think Bantam hockey he said, but this is a guy that really believes in himself and, and what he's doing and what he did for our team. Like, I mean, guys, we, we started playing above the level we were playing at before, but we were having so much fun getting better. He was coaching us not only as, as, as a team, but as individuals. And I'm so excited to go back and, and, and play for him. And, and, you know, he just, he makes it, he makes it uh, fun to come to the rink every day. And that's, and that's hard to do when you finish in last place. Unreal. Wow. And, and it's so, not, and it's not, and it's not a circus, right? Like he makes it fun because he's challenging guys to get better. And when you get better and, and like, I'm 32 years old, I'm 32 and I got better. Like how many, how many guys can say that? And, and it's, and it's, a, it's, it's contagious, right? You look down our lineup. Like I don't think there was a single guy that didn't increase, um, you know, their, their level of play, their production, just, you know, across the board. And, and, you know, for, to have a coach say like, why you need to be here. Like we've, we've all had that, right. You sit in a meeting, Hey, you should be here on video. Well, Marty's saying why it's, you should be here because that's going to open up here. And he, like, he sees like seven plays ahead, but he got us, he, he thinks like a hall of famer. I'm never going to be a hall of famer, but he got us all starting to think like hall of hall of famers a little bit. And that, allowed us to raise our level. Wow. That's pretty sick. It's crazy. I mean, it's so crazy. excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention, like, I can't speak for some of the young guys, but like, I mean, I remember him winning a cup. He's got his nose all bloody. And I'm like, this is my guy. He had the yellow stick and yeah. I was smaller. My brother had the yellow stick growing up. That was his favorite player. So like, you know, at some point I'm going to need to do like the, Hey, why can I talk to you? I'm going to be like, yeah, but I got a Jersey. Can you sign it? Like, <laughs> no, he's just, he's just cool. Like he, he's, he's, it's not, um, again, it, it's, it's hard work. It's dedication. It's a commitment to be better, not only for the team, but for yourself. And if you do that, it's fun. You know, he's not the guy that you need to be like, Oh, I'm sitting having a beer in the lobby of the hotel and Marty's walking by. I got to turn my back. So he doesn't see me like, shit, he'll buy you a beer, you know, if you're committed and, it, and if you're, you're honest to um, the team and yourself, like he'll treat you like a, like a, a coworker, you know, not like you're uh, you're like a, you're working for him. That's really cool. And you talk about getting better too. Vex, we talked, I talked with uh, wides a little bit beforehand, but the big cat, Mr. Dunkin Donuts himself, the big, the big coffee is, uh, is working in Montreal now. So we were talking a little bit of what well, Adam's been on the podcast, what, probably four times now, I think four, yeah. four or five times or something like that. So, you know, he's one of the most passionate and smartest hockey people that we know. Uh, what kind of energy did he bring coming in when he got the chance to work with you guys for the few times that he was up there? And, uh, what, what did you take from working with Adam Nicholas? Yeah. I mean, he, first of all, he's very detailed, um, I'm excited that we're going to have a chance to work with them. I think, you know, with, with kind of the, kind of the 
plan, I guess, and, and the way Marty sees things, I think it's a, a great supplement, but you know, just, he, he's, he's funny, man. Like he's, he's fun to be around. Like you go in the locker room, he's got his flip flops and all of his get John. He's sitting at the breakfast table, hamming it up with everybody. Like he's, he's fun. And, and when you have a guy like that with, with that kind of energy, but also brings the knowledge and the ability to transfer what he sees on video onto the ice and like skill drills. And then guys are able to take that into a game. Like I, I skated a few times with him this summer. I went back to the draft. I know some of the guys have been there working with him, but like I watched Nick Suzuki and I'm, and I'm skating out there with him. And I'm like, this guy is going to absolutely light it up this year. Like he is, they've been working together and and I'm just, I, I was very impressed at, at um, some of the stuff I saw and they, they'd only been working together for like two or three weeks. So um, it's a huge asset for our team and for our organization. And, and uh, you know, we like to have some fun with them. Oh, I'm sure. The big, I didn't know that you guys were allowed to call them the big Dunkin' Donuts. I'm going <laughs> to, maybe I'll let somebody else run with that one. But <laughs> the big cat, big cats, he's, he's funny, man. No, it's, it's more the coffee than the donuts. Yeah. Oh, what did he say? He drinks like these 60 ounce cold brews or something before, every day. Before 4 a.m. every day. He's got <laughs> oh, 78 no. ounces in him. No shit. Legend. Like that would explain why I'm like coming to the rink and like, I like to get there early because I'm like, I got to get out of the house before my son wakes up and I actually have to work. So <laughs> I, I have to get there early, have a hot tub, have breakfast. And I'm like, who, like I had never met the guy. I'm like, who is this guy? Why is he here before me? And why is he sitting in my spot at the breakfast table? And then you get to know him and he's like, I mean, you get there and he's like so juiced up. He's like, juiced. what's up buddy? What's going on? <laughs> like, like morning. I so love he, he makes it he makes it fun and like and 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 if you're gonna again if you're gonna work hard and you're gonna be committed to the team and yourself it, it really should be fun because it is a game and i think that type of mentality is going to help our team and and we're going to be um i think we're going to be a lot better than than people are uh, expecting I love it, man. I love it. Well, Wides, thanks so much for coming on here today. This was this was unreal. So many things that people can take out of this episode. Uh, it's been awesome. You know, we got to work uh, what that one year together at Miami, and obviously you're working with Vex now, and to to see where you're at, it's still living your dream at 32 years old, playing in Montreal, killing it up there. Um, we're just so happy for you, and uh, we appreciate you taking some time out of your beautiful Wednesday night. You're outside, looks like in the backyard, just freaking living it up. Just, I love it. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's finally, it's finally uh, just double digit temperature outside. We was like a hundred all day today, so I like to try to spend some time outside. But um, yeah, no, this is a a nice way to do it. And, and thanks for having me on. It's honestly, it's uh, it's been a long time coming, and I'm glad we were able to get it done. Absolutely. You, Thanks, Wides. You better sleep fast tonight, buddy. Sleds tomorrow. Hey, we'll see you in the morning, Zach. <laughs> Thanks, Dove. Hey, great to see you, buddy. Yeah, you too, man. Good stuff. Take care. Take care, man. See you.